You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Every week, Travis Cura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hook! Hey, thanks for pressing play on this episode of uh, Two and Out. I guess it's been a while since Ty and I have sat down and uh, talked about... Uh, the CFL. It's been a while. Looking forward to to doing this. And hey, the reason why we call him Brazilian Thai, if there's any new ears or any new uh, eyes looking at the show, this goes back. I can't believe it, man. Coming on eight years when uh, Ty said, if the Ottawa Red Blacks win 12 games. 12 games. In 2015, he's going to get a Brazilian wax. Well, that November in Winnipeg, I sat in a... a, Like, what a terrible... Like, not even the decision, but just the time of year. I guess I thought there would have been more room in the room. (laughs) I had a front row seat. Or a back row, I guess. (laughs) Depends on how you look at it. I getting the full... Meal deal. The the best part was your wife was in there the whole time too. <laughs> I just sat in the corner. Have you ever felt more vulnerable in your life? Oh yeah. <laughs> but if there's one thing we could say, Ty follows through with bets. I'm, and since then, you've been like, very careful with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quick to like stop myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of vulnerability, though, like. Getting it like I live alone. I am scared every time I step in and out of the bathtub. Yeah. If you go down, if something happens and my phone's not in the bathroom, that's how they're going to find me. <laughs> Man, I've had a couple of rough falls in the, in the bathroom. And, uh, oh, I actually had a rough fall not long ago. My knee. <laughs> I don't, oh, so I was getting dressed. And one leg goes through the shorts, but I stumble and my foot, it's not all the way through the shorts. And your toe is like caught on the the hem. And then the short, like on the laminate floor, it might as well be ice. It might as well be the slippery shoe and curling. It goes under me. Oh, I think I've recovered, but I, I'm like, no, torn ACL. Like I'm done. I'm done. But six game. Yeah, I got up and uh, I bounced back better than I thought I would. Uh, Makes one of us. I did want to start the show (laughs) just by uh, saying, man, uh, I'm on the radio and I'm on the air in uh, Edmonton, Red Deer, Kelowna and Kamloops. And Friday, Thursday, it was pretty heavy with what's happening in uh, Kelowna and all the people. And actually go north to the shoe swap. You go to the Northwest Territories in Yellowknife. Ty and I personally know someone that has been evacuated out of Yellowknife. Well, we do in Kelowna as well. Yeah, we do. What, man, what a situation. It feels like we've been dealing with wildfires in Canada since May when it started in Alberta. And now it's just kept going all year long between floods and fires. So mm-hmm. all the best to everybody that 
is affected. And uh, thinking all the crews, man, look, if you've been evacuated, it's best to get out of there because there's somebody that risks their ass to save your ass if you're staying put. And there's already been stories of that. So don't try to be the hero. Just, yeah, I know it's hard. It's <laughs> This yeah. whole situation is tough. It's tough to see. We're going to try to talk about some football here. And we start on Thursday where the Edmonton Elks go into Hamilton with Trey Ford as the starter and win 24 to 10. We only really need to talk about the first half because there was that weather delay in the middle of the middle of the halftime. And then completely screwed me. Yeah, because you had the over, right? Yeah. And you were on pace to get it. It was it was looking really good. And yeah, all momentum was gone. Marshall Ferguson and Matthew Schneider should probably be fired. <laughs> They're tied for weather delays, I think. Yeah. Wow. Just this year. So, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot just this year. <laughs> yeah. So the last game that Edmonton played as the Eskimos was in Hamilton, and it was a loss. But since then... Edmonton undefeated in Hamilton. Trey Ford undefeated in Hamilton. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, we all know why I took Edmonton on the pick'em. Because it's it Hamilton. The straight heel move. <laughs> yeah, some we're... people just like to watch the world burn. Do it for the story, and it worked out perfectly. <laughs> you know, it looked like it was kind of going to be a back and forth affair. Edmonton actually. In the first half, they even left some plays on the field. There was a Geno Lewis third down play that uh, he ended up dropping his return to the lineup. Maybe uh, we'll we'll tack it up to Russ because sometimes he's making the toughest mm-hmm. catches you'll ever see. Uh, but then they pull out the trick play out of the hat. Uh, short yardage, Taylor Cornelius hits A.C. Leonard. Uh, the now defensive end still has those receiver hands with a big conversion that led to an Edmonton touchdown. So they were moving the ball with authority. The defense was, uh, although they were struggling early on, containing uh, James Butler, and it's almost like they adjusted or Hamilton got away from it a little bit because James Butler had some success. Mm -hmm. 14 carries, 114 yards, over 8 yards a carry. For Butler, he had 32 yards receiving as well, and he was big on the touchdown drive early on for the Tie Cats. But after that, Edmonton was able to limit the damage from Butler. Well, and you can give up, like you like said, 8.5 yards a carry. You give up that amount of yardage per carry, and you know, 14 yards, he beat the hell out of them. Oh yeah, uh, but it kind of turned into I don't want to say Ben don't break, but I mean they were able to limit what he was able to do like yeah they gave up one touch on they gave up those yards but other than that those yardage those yards didn't really hurt them no it's like the right no. they gave them up at the right times it's it's weird to say like giving up but you see it lots like you know teams dropping back and coverage thing give up the yard and just get the tackle keep the guy in bounds it's kind of the same thing with the run they just they were able to contain him the first drive from uh, scoring drive from Edmonton was 10 plays, 80 yards, ending in a Stephen Dunbar touchdown, making his return to Hamilton. And then Hamilton answered back with the touchdown of their own. And then that was about the end of success for the Ticats. Uh, Taylor Powell was on the run a lot. And then you see what happened at the end of the half. And 
Bocho knows he's getting fired. I don't think he gives a shit anymore. That was bad. Hamilton also had a punt return for a touchdown called back due to penalty. I don't know if there's a stat on this, but I feel like Tyreek McAllister of the Ticats. He's probably lost the most (laughs) punt return yards. And I think Tommy Lee Lewis of the Stampeders, I think he's lost a lot. Those two guys seem like they... He is going to start breaking... Speaking of punter, Tommy Lee Lewis is going to start breaking ones for big returns, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. He's an electric player. Uh, The end of the first half, that was some absolutely terrible clock management from this so they got the ball with 137 left. And well, the, the play-by-play. The, the problem isn't even at the... You look at the end. I, I truly don't know if Orlando Steinauer or the Ticats know the clock rules. I I think that they uh, thought if it Does he think you can use both timeouts in the last three-minute warning? I honestly don't know what happened there. That Like, that was... That was, and I'm not saying they would have got a touchdown, but they would have had a, a, a they chance. They would have shot. Yeah. But we look here, second and five, there's 112 left. The next uh, ball isn't snapped uh, for 16 seconds after that. And then another eight seconds. And then after that, 11 seconds, 12 seconds. They kill 11 seconds. Look, what are these guys doing? It, and, and if you watch. It takes them a while to whistle that play in. It takes yeah, the, them a the clock stops after yeah. every play. Yep. Yep. Like there is no reason that there shouldn't have been two or three plays called. That's it. That's exactly it. Like, what are it's, you guys doing? It's poor coaching, poor execution. Uh, you know, they're taking too long. Like once that play's whistled in, like snap like a one count. Snap yep. it. Once you hear that whistle, one one thousand snap the ball. Yep. Yeah. Maximize the amount of time. Kind of like you maximize your amount of sunlight on Sundays at, in the mountains. <laughs> maximize the amount of time on the clock that you have to use. Call your timeout. Like with eight seconds left, you know that clock's going to run. So you, you send the field goal team out there. Why aren't you calling a timeout? Take a quick shot at the end zone or even the play before call your timeout. You can still take a quick shot. If it's incomplete, guess what? The clock never starts again until you snap the ball. And even if the clock gets to zero, you have as the long play as the clock. ball is spotted. Yeah. And you have the play clock. Yeah. So, yeah, as long as you're down before the time expires. Yeah. So I, I truly think if they thought it got to zero, then they'd be done. That Like, I, I don't under – it's from the Edmonton 12, nine seconds left. They have a timeout left. Well, and then both. they send – Yeah. And then they send out the field goal team. And the fans enjoyed that, I think, from the sounds of it. So, so it goes into the half, 21-9 uh, for Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton outscored Hamilton 3-1 in the second half. So nothing really ended up going down in uh, the second half there. But that clock management at the end of that game. And then I hate to harp on it, but Mark Leggio really struggled for the Ticats here. He had a rough game. He missed uh, an extra point. He missed uh, field goals. Uh, how many did he miss? He missed three. He was one of four. Man. And I know that he had a new holder for this game. I think he only missed one all season coming into this. But that's, that's 10 uh, points off the board. 
That's Winnipeg era Mark Leggio Mark, showing Mark, up for the Ticats. Mark Leggy, no. <laughs> Two weeks, still got it. <laughs> Taylor Powell was 20 of 26, 218 yards. He didn't turn the ball over. But then we see Trey Ford, who also did not turn the ball over. 13 yeah. of 18. 174 yards, two touchdowns. He also added 60 on the ground with five carries. (laughs) He is so fast. When he decides to take off, it it almost feels like an instant first down. Yeah. And, like, how good was Taylor Cornelius in practice? (laughs) Trey Ford sat on the bench for 10 weeks. I think that's the most mind-boggling thing of this, and I, I think we've said it. I think others have said it. Like, it's not working. Let's see what Trey has when the lights are on him, and clearly he's performed because he had a good game against Winnipeg as well. And and they always say, like, practice like you play. Like, if you're not good in practice, you're not going to be good when you play games. Tell that to Yarma Yager. Yeah. Just yeah. do his own thing for an hour and not even – care about what that coach had to say yeah greatest player of all time <laughs> Stephen dunbar i should wear my glasses but they 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 I, I hit the wrong button and it made the font smaller so that's on oh. <laughs> you're not going blind <laughs> blinder <laughs> blinder uh <laughs> Stephen dunbar 93 yards receiving in his return to hamilton two touchdowns 25.3 points Manny Arsenault was uh, three catches on three targets. He seemed to have become that possession guy, but the work he puts in, how physical he is, obviously that is big for the Elks. And Kevin Brown, they've given him 16 carries. That's big. Mm -hmm. Getting him that involved in that offense, you want to see that average up, but when they got a running game like that, he still had over five yards of carry. That's big for the offense and the young quarterback. 89 yards, it opens up stuff for Trey Ford on the ground too. Like, you know, you're able to run a little bit of play action. People are going to bite on Kevin Brown getting the ball, and you might have a spy for Trey Ford. Yeah. But you know, once once that play act, once that play fake is gone, and, and they're focused on, and usually sometimes, I shouldn't say usually sometimes, sometimes the the running back will get tackled because they think yeah it's the ball. Well, that's one less guy can go after Trey Ford. Yeah, and Trey yep. Ford can take off if nothing's open. Yeah, so like it, it works both ways for the run and the pass game. Tim White for the Ticats, nine catches on ten targets, one hundred and one yards. So I, I guess that's a positive. But uh, Taylor Powell, he got sacked seven times, including a strip sack from Ed Ganey, who ended up forcing the fumble there and giving the ball to Edmonton. Just everything went their way in that first mm-hmm. half. They look like a completely different team. And I thought if Edmonton wins this game, they could go on a run. Are we talking like finishing nine and nine? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you never know. I I don't think it's really that unrealistic. Your house, your they, house will be a dark, dark place <laughs> if, this, if, if they finish down to nine and, the, and they finish ahead of the rider. Now, before the rider game, I thought, whoa, if BC beats Saskatchewan, 
Then Saskatchewan's got to buy. There's probably turmoil. People want the head coach gone. And then they got to back to back with Winnipeg. All of a sudden, Edmonton's back in this thing. Uh, now, even with the Saskatchewan win over BC, Hamilton losing, Calgary losing, Ottawa losing. <laughs> We're not that far away from Edmonton being right back in the thick of things, maybe being that sixth team squeaking into the playoffs, which sounds asinine. <laughs> but You're it, the worst person on the planet right now. It, it absolutely could happen, and it could happen. I, I think it. I don't think the Elks are going to win nine in a row here, but Ty, they could win, say five the rest of the way. Uh And then all of a sudden, hey, Jones four wins last year, six this year. (laughs) Where are we going? That's that's improvement. (laughs) Yeah. I mean well like let's say they go let's say they finish six and twelve. Is Ottawa gonna win four more three more games? Is Hamilton gonna win three more games? This is wild. Is Calgary going to win three more games? The way Jake Mayer's been looking, I wouldn't put money on it. So Edmonton's schedule, the last four weeks of the year, not easy. It's BC, Toronto, Montreal, and Winnipeg. Win. (laughs) Well, hey, Toronto and Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Well, no. Oh, they're going to start Drew Brown. Yeah, well, he's like, damn good. <laughs> the, the, Toronto and Winnipeg might, by that point, uh, have her locked up. They we'll might see. have it locked up by next week. Yeah. But then uh, the next few weeks for Edmonton, it's Ottawa, back-to-back with Calgary, and then Saskatchewan. Legit shot to go 3-1. and one. Yes. And here we are. <laughs> You know, like it's like oh, the season, it's pretty much done. You know, know it's going to be <laughs> Winnipeg or BC and Toronto in the Grey Cup, where you can just cruise this thing home. We don't really have to do much for the yeah. rest of the year, and now Edmonton screwed it all up. Now is Steinauer going to be in that chair for the rest of the year? Oh, I think he's gone regardless. Is he going to last to the end of the year? I I don't know. There just have to be somebody internal, I guess, would have to step yeah. up. But yeah, I think he's gone. It does, I don't think it matters. They're not going to make the Great Cup. They're three games below five hundred before Labor Day. This is crazy. Like it's they're going to lose both to Toronto probably. You know, in a year where it was, you know, we're all in. They bring in Bo. Sure, Bo gets hurt. Not Orlando's fault, but just the what seems to be incompetence from the sidelines this year in that, with that team is just, it's been tough to watch because they've been, I don't know if they've been really good or if it was, they were inflated by playing the East teams a little more when they weren't, when those East teams weren't very good, but the, the scars are showing there, there is, there is flaws with that team as with every team, but now they're just more, uh, they're just showing more. They're they're more accentuated. It's just one of those things where it's like, uh, this seems like a really bad fall from grace. Let's talk about the next month for the Ticats. It's in Vancouver. It's home to Toronto. It's in Ottawa. It's home to Winnipeg. 
and then, and then Labor Day. And then it's in Toronto. Legit Whoa. shot to go one and four. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. In a Grey Cup year where you went all in. All The second Grey Cup year in three years. Yeah. Completely Toronto's different gonna go story. In, Toronto's going to go in there that third Sunday of November <laughs> and walk out of there back-to-back Grey Cup chance, and that, that city will burn down. You're well, that part of Toronto that. will burn down. I can't wait for that block party at the 110th Grey Cup as the double blue nation. Uh Shows up. Although I don't like, know I would if you wake saw. up. I would wake up wearing a Kevin Glenn jersey and be and not be upset about it this time. <laughs> I don't know if you saw AJ Olette making his uh, pro wrestling debut. Uh, Greek Town Wrestling. A speared a guy through a table. That mullet works so good for pro wrestling. I gotta get, yeah. get out to. A, they gotta bring one of those uh, wrestling cards to the Grey Cup. I would love to see that. Well, we had it. <laughs> Cap and Mosca one year, and they never <laughs> yeah. wanted to bring it back. Hey, Mosca's he, he had that pro wrestling background as well, so I love to see it. Uh, a straight no sell on the cane. Yeah. <laughs> the Bombers go into Calgary, and they leave with a 1918 victory. This one was about the field goal kickers. Uh, both teams working in second and long all night long, and uh, neither team could really mm-hmm. convert mm-hmm. or get anything going, really. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brown. Demario Houston did one time. Yeah, and that was the only touchdown. Uh, Demario Houston reading Jake Cornelius, I mean Jake Mayer, Mayer like a book, and uh, <laughs> and taking it to the house. Demario Houston's seventh interception, tenth takeaway on the season tie. He is going to be their nominee. He has to be. He might be. And like, and it's no slight against Willie. Because I think he's but, having a great year. Yeah. He's the only guy to have that many sacks and that many pass deflections. Like it's, ever. it's ridiculous. Ever. Ever. ever yeah. yeah. In his career. But the the season that Demario Houston's putting together right now is ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then it, and then, you know, is. a defensive touchdown on top of it now. <laughs> That's what they needed. Like Willie Jefferson, did he? Yeah, he had another knockdown in mm-hmm. this one. Uh Evan Holm had a knockdown in this one. Big Willie, he uh, and you watch and you know second and long. Second, they put him anywhere. He's he's in the interior of that defense. Yep, and he he blocks an entire. He blocks the entire middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Early in, and Jake was having troubles with that. He had a few deflected passes here and there. Um, and he really look at the stat line: eleven of twenty-four, a hundred and ninety yards, and an interception for Jake Mayer. What were you saying? One offensive touchdown in four games, Ty? Two total. The other one was a fumble recovery. I got a hot take for you, and it's, I'm not even saying it to be facetious. Jake Mayer will never win a Great Cup. That pick six in Murray Houston. Stared down the receiver. Terrible decision. Yeah. Terrible decision. The guy in the flat was a better option. And and threw it right to him. Like he yeah. makes he, he's not a good decision maker. Yes, he has three hundred yard games. He has I think one or two four hundred yard games. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
he's not going to lead you to a great cup unless, unless things turn around. I mean, sure, we probably said the same stuff about Mike Riley and, and Bo Levi Mitchell in the past when it was early in their careers. Mm-hmm. But there's just nothing I see that makes me want to watch him play football right now. Nothing other than to see him lose because that's it, it just seems like he makes it look so easy. What a swing there. Like the Stamps... Man, they have a big play there. There was the uh, unnecessary roughness called on Evan Holm, which mm. when when you watch it in full speed, you could see how it maybe looked like yeah. it was shoulder to the head. But I don't know if Bagleton sold that or what it was. Arms hit arms. It, it, to me, it wasn't an unnecessary roughness penalty. Um, but, but they have they, called it for, like, yeah. defenseless... Maybe, maybe I can maybe see that case. Uh, but Mayer ends up after that hitting Mark and Michelle for 45 yards. But then you have the rough drop for Luther Hakanavanu. Um, especially <laughs> when you have stamps money line. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so we can that plus money, we can give Jake a hard time, but at times this year, yes. The inexperience in the receiving core, and I now, since then, they've gotten Ambles back. They've gotten Michelle back. So there's some experience there now. Yeah, there's some drop passes. Even Tommy like Lee Lewis had one. It's, it's not like Luther is a rookie. Yeah. That's a catch he needs to make. Yeah. You're wide open. What He probably, the ball was two feet away from him. He probably t- took a peek at the end zone yeah. instead of just securing a catch. Your first job is to catch that football. And, and you know, we can say that sitting here. Yeah, you yeah. and your armchair. My chair doesn't have arms on it, yeah. but <laughs> like, but yeah, like, I've dropped flag football passes because I took a look. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know what that feeling is because you want to get in the end zone. Yeah, but it's just it's a it does not help your team. It makes your quarterback look. I don't know if that pass necessarily makes Jake Mayer look bad, but it doesn't instill confidence in him. It doesn't instill confidence in you from your quarterback to want to go back to you. So that was a that was a critical stretch in the game where uh, Calgary needs to set settle for a field goal from 18 yards out. Derek Taylor probably loved that call. <laughs> and then Winnipeg gets a field goal, so then it's 12-9 Calgary at that point. The very next play, Jake Mayer throws the interception to Demario Houston. So there was a lot of stuff that Calgary left on the field. And I don't know if it was the weather affecting them. And it was crazy. I live in Alberta. Thursday was like 35 degrees. <laughs> Friday evening when the game's happening, it's 5 degrees. Hey, my mom has said since I was a kid, like, at my birthday, summer's over. My birthday was on Monday. I went to I, – I left camp <laughs> – I walked out of camp Monday morning to go to our office at, at the bottom of the stairs. It was minus one with the wind chill. It's the wow. middle of August, and we're getting wind chill on the weather network app. <laughs> yep. So that's how Winnipeg ends up winning that ugly, ugly game. But they'll take it over a West Division opponent with yep. a backup quarterback and still finding a way to win. And I thought early on... Uh, Brady Oliveira was all over the stamps. There was oh. a 27-yard run. He had 14 carries, 80 yards. But as the game went on, Calgary's defense did their job. 
Mm-hmm. I think they really started to limit Oliveira. They made the adjustments necessary. They really only gave up 12 points. Yeah, that's it. Like, defense did exactly what they needed to do. And, and you know, if Jake May doesn't throw that interception, they win this football game. Yep. I mean, Renee. well, hindsight, 2020, and you never know butterfly effect stuff. But yep. the, just the way it looks on paper, it's like, oof. That hurts more than usual. Two missed field goals from Rene Paredes sounds sort of uncharacteristic. The but when there are was, eight attempts. Yeah. And the last <laughs> one was from what, 51? Yeah, it was a long one. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. The uh, Calgary Stampeders fall again. But I would say the bright spot tie is Tommy Lee Lewis. He had uh, three kickoff returns with an average of 30.3 yards, 91 yards on three kickoff returns. His punt return average was 18.3. And this isn't where a guy had four punt returns and one went to 109 for a touchdown. 146 yards on eight punt returns, the long of 45. He was putting them in good field position as best as he could. Mm -hmm. This guy... He looks he's, like he has another gear. He's going to break one yep. here soon within the next two games, three games. And, and then I think it's just going to start rolling. Be like the, when Deadman started scoring yep. what it felt like at will. I think yep. we're going to have another one of those. And they need to get him the ball in the offense more. He had three yep. targets in this one. One he probably should have had, but just the one catch for 46 yards. And you look at Kadeem Carey, 10 carries, 28 yards. Credit to what Winnipeg was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> if you look at Wilson on their defense, he's back from the uh, ruptured Achilles. Yeah. He ended up having five tackles, two on special teams, one tackle for a loss. What a game! When, from, Winnipeg uh, Kyrie still Wilson. super looks super beatable. Yeah, but yeah. And, and now they're alone in first place in the West. Yeah. And that is not – I don't think that's something BC exactly expected coming into Sunday. But, I mean, you, you can give them two points. It's fine. But if they get the four, I think it's over. Yep, yep. A tale of two halves in uh, Ottawa as the Montreal Alouettes go – uh, to Ottawa, and they end up winning 25-24. The Red Blacks had a 17-3 lead at halftime. They were up 24-10 with about four and a half minutes to go, and the Alouettes come back and beat the Red Blacks. <sighs> Caleb Evans, two interceptions in the first half, including the, I think it was his first I was, interception. I was at work, and, and the second interception, I'm like, well, we might as well just head back. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And I think the first interception, both Ottawa DBs jump the route. If the yeah. first guy doesn't catch it, then like, I, I've never seen anything like that. No. And, and I don't know if they uh, blame Mac for the route running. It seemed like Dunnigan kind of did uh, for not fighting back to the ball when both DBs read yeah. that like a book. I think the the second interception was just a Hail Mary sort of at yeah. the end of the half. And, and like in a single coverage, that yeah. was straw Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's underneath, like, it's like, it's just not, it didn't hurt you. Yeah. But yeah. it's also not a throw you need to make. Yeah, yeah. 
But Caleb Evans ends with 24 completions on 36 attempts, two touchdowns, both coming in the second half. And, man, most of those yards seem to come at the end of the game, let's be mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dustin Crumb, 14 of 19, 130 yards and a touchdown. Again, Crumb just taking an absolute pounding. Uh, he stands in there and gets smashed. <laughs> he mm-hmm. keeps... He keeps getting up. Uh, Tyrell Pigram, he had nine carries for 30 Great yards. Name. Two touchdowns. That, that one rushing touchdown he had from about the six or the seven. He had that, more that points. A, he had more fantasy points than Crum did this week. Oh, he did. Wow. Wow. Crum yeah. had a ru- rushing touchdown, which <laughs> that one came, I think, in the fourth quarter. And I texted you, Ty. I'm like, Crum did his best to no sell that hit he took at the goal line. He was out on his feet. <laughs> When he stood up, I don't know what it do you remember Orton every oh, takes yeah. a headshot and he's got that blank stare and you, yeah. you think he's legit out? That was Dustin Crumb. Yep. Yeah. Like, and the I mean, I I guess because it was after a touchdown and, and you know they're gonna kick off, they might have gone through some protocol. Maybe. But he probably should have. No, and he I- didn't. I don't know. I think there was a game earlier this season where Crum was really taking a beating. And I wonder if that hit affected him the rest of the way and maybe affected the play calling for the Red Blacks the rest of the way. They they not only got really conservative on offense, but they did on defense too. Mm-hmm. And that, that allowed Montreal to get back into this game. Like We know when, what a prevent defense does. <laughs> We want to talk about the way Hamilton handled the clock. I'm like, look at Montreal. It's 23-10 with 3.46 to go. Hamilton would have no hope of working back into that game. Montreal. Yeah. Well, I mean Hamilton because of their clock oh. Uh, management. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the next... It's it's twenty three ten. Montreal fights down the field. David Cote with a fifty yarder, which by the way, no sorry, that was five fifty three left in the game at eight yeah. three seventeen off the clock. That fifty, I'm not one to get so excited about field goals. He looked like he barely moved his leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fifty yarder. Uh, good for him. And then we have a rough little. Uh, Incident from Richie Leone late in the game where he takes an illegal kick and he was dynamite all game. Yeah. So lots went wrong for Montreal to fight back into this game. Uh, They end up scoring a touchdown, 239 to go. Tyler Sneed, he ends up scoring wide open. Yeah. Like, how do you let a guy that wide open? Now, Tyler Sneed had three touchdowns in a game earlier this year. He has one here. Touchdown Jake is out of Montreal. Can we call him Touchdown Tyler? I don't know. So I can just go Touchdown Ty. Okay. I like that. The one syllable. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate, I don't hate one syllable nicknames. See, that's how we brainstorm here on the show. Yeah. Touchdown Ty. I like it. And I Dr. can't believe Trey, that we're giving that to him. <laughs> and we couldn't have come me and go with Brazilian. <laughs> and yes, it's Dr. Trey. There is no there's not a better one. 
I thought Trazis was pretty good. <laughs> the Ooh. savior of the Elks. If they go nine and nine, that is his name. <laughs> yeah, but without Dr. Dre, we wouldn't have Eminem. So, I mean, he's basically like the Jesus of the rap game. Well, and I, I guess before of all this, it was forgot about Trey, and now Trey is back. <laughs> and I, I don't want to wish ill on anybody, but if he gets busted with marijuana in his system, like it's going to be the best. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Willie Jefferson's picture they use for the starting lineup. Like, I've seen that picture. <laughs> and it's in my parents' garage. Oh, Willie's having good times in the CFL. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so after that uh, touchdown to touchdown tie, there we go. Uh, Ottawa gets the ball. And I mean, you thought they did all right because uh, uh, Devontae Williams had the 22-yard rush mm-hmm. and then just got stuffed. Well, the thing, like we talk about needing to run or you got to run out the clock and you want to eat time. It's not that easy in the CFL. You only get two downs to get a first down. Really. So if you like, if, if it's, if it's lead. third and, if it's third and three, are you going to hand it off and try to get a first down, or are you just going to punt that ball away? It's always right? it's a tough like the, decision to make. There's yeah. only a twenty second play clock. The clock stops until yeah. the ball is spotted. It's not like the NFL where that game clock is continually running. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're two totally different games, two totally different clock rules. You know, Winnipeg's figured it out. And I mean, they got the horses to do it. Yeah. But I mean, everybody else just kind of their average when it yep. comes to the run game and it shows when it comes to trying to kill games. Yep. Yep. Now, Montreal gets the ball back with uh, what a minute 25, something like that. And then I was watching the, like, I had it PVR and I still didn't think they were going to win. Ottawa gets him to third and four. <laughs> We we haven't seen them all game. Herji Mayala wide open, fifty one yards, and then next thing you know, Caleb Evans third and two rushes into the end zone, takes the lead. Alouettes win twenty five twenty four. Caleb Evans hopping down the sideline, chirping our nation, the team that uh, let him go in the not too distant past, <laughs> and the Alouettes have won. Four in a row. Jesus. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I mean, I had a two-week vacation from football. They're six and three, man. Yeah. They are hosting a playoff game right now and probably will. And I think semi. this win was big to Huge. keeping that going. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like the Owls are going to be hosting... Well, it could be Edmonton. It could be Edmonton. Everyone's in play: Calgary, Edmonton, <laughs> Hamilton, or Ottawa. Who's going to also, Montreal? If Calgary and Edmonton both get on Saskatchewan drops off. There's that chance too. Calgary could catch Saskatchewan. They do have one more game in October, and the season series is pretty much a it's point a, apart. Yeah, they split one legit so. one point. I think yeah. isn't it? Or yeah, it might be two, but it's close. Um, and. Ottawa or in Ottawa, Edmonton can still catch Saskatchewan. Let's not count our chickens here. Like everybody's going to be all over Jake Dolagala and how he's the second coming, but it's one game. Saskatchewan winning that last game off the Rouge, Rouge to clinch 
this season series with Edmonton is all of a sudden really, really <laughs> yeah. big. Um, but those the riders... The of a three-point game. <laughs> or four-point game, I should say. Oh, those, those riders, I, I, I can't believe it. If we look at what else happened in the Ottawa-Montreal game, uh, Austin Mack, 9 of 13, 116 yards, continues to lead the CFL in receiving. But Tyler Sneed, seven catches, seven targets, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. He's got five touchdowns on the season. In five games. Wow. Yeah, that's touchdown well, tie. Three and two. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, three yeah, touch, I know. Three yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, every time you say Sneed, I think you're going to say Sneer. And all I can think of is the raccoons, I think, right? <laughs> wow, it's been a while since I've uh, the, had the, the raccoons. Cyril Sneer, the raccoons? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, still no real rushing game for the mm-hmm. Alouettes, but they were able to make it work. Uh, Devontae Williams for the Red Blacks had over seven yards of carry. Problem is he only had nine carries, yeah. um, and then their leading receiver was Shaq Evans with 41 yards on three catches. Uh, yeah. Dustin Crum, I, I mean, he was under fire. He got sacked five times, man, or he got tackled for a loss five times. He was sacked three times. So that guy, mm. he's a warrior out there. Um I think they've kind of gotten away from letting him run. It's probably good for his long-term health, but uh, (laughs) I would, I mean, not running is good for anybody's long-term health. Let's be real. (laughs) But again, they had the lead. They had this game Mm -hmm. and it just slipped through their fingers, man. That's a tough heartbreaker. It's a tough loss. We don't know what's, it's a tough loss for them. They should, a game they most definitely should have won. Yep. But when you only get you're only handing the ball off to Devontae nine times. It's hard to get him in a rhythm. You go to it at the end of the game. It's hard for him to keep his legs going. This is an improvement over last year. It is. They're not completely the, incompetent. No, they were not. They were not coming into the year. Great Cup favorites. There was not super high expectations. They needed to be yeah. better. They are improving. Crum is getting playing time. Yeah. If Miss. Who knows what's going to happen with Masoli? Like, I think if if Masoli's not back next year, I think Crum is your number one. The more reps he gets now, the better. Yep. Get more familiar, and and you can start making that climb. Like, it's hard to do a slow build in the CFL because with only nine teams and the player movement, nobody has the patience quick. for it. Well, and you need to you need to do it quick because players leave. They the salary cap or I guess salary management comes into play and stuff like that. But like, there's a they have they still have a legit shot at a playoff spot. It's it's one of those things where yeah, probably not gonna win that playoff game, but to get there and get the experience be a massive, massive improvement, a massive success on the season. Are eight other teams in the CFL wondering why the heck they let Sean Lemon sit there for so long? Have to be. Have to be. Yeah. Three the tackles, only, one for the a only loss, thing, the only thing I can come up with is that nobody had no, nobody wanted to cut somebody because yeah. everybody was it was it was a money thing. Yeah, what an addition to that Alouette's defense that yeah. has been big for them. Now this last game, man, <laughs> the Saskatchewan Rough Riders blowing up a lot of pickums in uh, <laughs> blowing up a lot of Bet Three Sixty Five accounts. They blew up my pickum. I was four and zero last week, three and zero this week heading into this game. 
And uh, the Riders win 34-29. Kean Schaefer Baker making his return to the Riders and then gets a touchdown in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Jake Dolagala. We're off to the races. Yeah, six. Uh, Jake Dolagala, 18-29, 239 yards, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. That is massive. He did have a... He did have a fumble, but it didn't get lost. The Riders yeah. ended up recovering that. So it but doesn't even count. When you're to your third string quarterback and he's... Was Shea Patterson the backup today? Yeah, yeah. Like you're one injury away from Shea Patterson again. <laughs> hey, Jake Dolgala is a big boy. He can make the throws. And the big thing is... He- is- is he yeah. super tall or is Britt Dort just super short? Uh, Dolagala six seven, so I think it's a combination. <laughs> it's a bit of a. Why combo. is he playing quarterback? Why isn't he on the other side of Winnipeg's defensive line? Do we need him to go two ways here? Yeah. <laughs> but look, he even had a uh, twenty-seven yards rushing. Mm-hmm. What a great performance! And I, I think you and I both know. The rider defense here early in the season, no real pressure on the quarterback. And early earlier this season, so much pressure on VA, they ended up hurting him. In this one, that that was on VA. He runs, he gets the first down. And I don't know what yeah. happened if it was just a Charlie horse or what ended up happening there. It just kind of looked like it looked pretty innocent, but innocuous. Uh, yeah. Um getting after VA a lot. They sacked him five times. They forced a fumble and they recovered that fumble. They were all over BC. Taquan Mizell, seven carries, 15 yards. The front that the riders had, they were flying to the ball. They were flying all over the place and they didn't really let BC get going until the fourth quarter, really. Today they look like the Miami Hurricanes. (laughs) It looked great. And I think, you know, early in the year, there's a lot of pressure on this team with with getting Trevor Harris in. Yeah. Kind of the fans had given up on Cody. Coaching staff had obviously it was obvious last year they'd given up on Cody. So it was one of those things like, okay, well, we're gonna turn this around. The offense wasn't there or it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was it was streaky, but the defense they just always seemed to be flying around. Yeah, and and just raising hell, making things difficult. Uh, unless you're Nick Marshall, you're making stuff real easy for for the opposing quarterback. But other than that, I mean that one that one touchdown wasn't his fault. But it's just nice to blame him. <laughs> but you know, I had a couple buddies ask about this game. I'm like, I've got BC to cover, but you know, the if if Saskatchewan's defense shows up because they are fast, they are physical, yeah, and they rally to the football they can keep this thing very close. And yeah. I think, you know, without without the way the defense played today, which, I mean, you could say that for every single yeah. game that you watch, but they were just on another level. And BC just, yeah, they had answers late. And, I mean, they did make it a game, but in that first half, it was, it was curtains, it felt like. Yeah. Well, it's like just look at the response from the Riders, which we really hadn't seen because BC comes back. They actually took the lead after that big 46-yard touchdown to Alexander mm-hmm. Hollins. At that point, it was 10-7 uh, for BC. 
Well, then the Riders drive down the field. It ends in a Jamal Morrow touchdown. Seven plays, 77 yards, 356 off the clock. Saskatchewan's leading 13 or 14-10. And then they force the fumble on Terry Williams. And then a couple plays later, uh, Dolagala hits Jarrah Stearns for an 18-yard touchdown. It's 20-10 to 10 Saskatchewan, 21-10 after the uh, point Who came after. in as 10.5-point underdogs. 10.5-point underdogs. And then at, at halftime, it is 24-13 riders. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody had – well, I'm sure there's a lot of green glasses out there that had the riders winning by that's 30. That's the thing, but- yeah. <laughs> But this this surprised me. Uh, it, it the defense performing the way they did didn't surprise me no. as much as the offense being able to move the ball as effectively and consistently throughout the game. Let's let's face it; they still struggled consistently running the ball with Morrow, which BC's just that good. Uh, they still got fifty nine yards out of him, carried it sixteen times. They did not abandon the run game; they knew they needed yeah. it. Yeah, Especially, a lot better and, and average than yeah. the last time they played. <laughs> and, and that has a lot to do, I think, with Dola Gallon in there. I think they were trying to take some pressure off of him for sure. Yeah, yeah. But then the touchdown that Sam Emelis scored in the second half, the, the play that he made, Sam Emelis, mm-hmm. five catches, 106 yards. Saskatchewan's that had no, that had no business being a touchdown. No, it didn't. <laughs> like, come on. That is quite the play. But then BC, they, they sort of started fighting back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they were trailing 31-13 after the, the Sam Emelis touchdown. And then the Madden AI kicks in and refuses to let a team <laughs> yeah. blow out another team and yeah. then BC could not be stopped. It's like Mario Kart when you fall to the end of the pack and you start getting all the good items. Yep. You're getting blue shell after blue shell, and all of a sudden you're in second place 15 seconds later. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> after the Riders take that 31-13 lead, and then VA ends up hitting Keon Hatcher uh, for a touchdown, and then uh, VA ends up hitting Lucky Whitehead for a 78-yard touchdown. After like, they had just talked about how he hadn't had a touchdown of over yeah. 30 yards yet. <laughs> Stay hot, Dusty. <laughs> These Lions, they're a dangerous team. They're never really out mm-hmm. of a game. Um, but Anthony Lanier is in the backfield all the time. He hit Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, they hit Javon. Well, man. This, the toy this, took a beating. He did. He did, and he, he's such a big boy. I think, you know, I'm trying to think of the analogy, but when, you know, I used to play Star Wars online, and then when, once you, you get to be the Millennium Falcon, all 800 opponents turn on you. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like Andre the Giant in a battle Ro- royal. Everyone's Roman tra- Reigns. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Becomes tribal chief. And it's great for like six months, and then everybody just hates yeah. it. <laughs> so the Lions did up put 16 points in that fourth quarter, and it came right down to it. They, <laughs> If it weren't for that holding penalty that Perkins took. Which one? Yeah. What do you have, five? He had a rough game, didn't he? Yeah. He had a really rough game. 
That 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 one that he took in the fourth quarter with about a minute fourteen left, forcing the Lions into the first and twenty situation, and then you could debate the play calling. The Lions went for the twenty yards every yeah, time. You don't need to. Yeah, because they had three chances to get it right. Yeah, and uh, and that you're in three down territory anyway. I just, I just I'll never understand that that yeah. thinking. Yeah, from anybody. You're right. If you look at the penalties that the Lions took in this one, 11 for 90 yards, um, but they lost two fumbles. And mm-hmm. VA and also threw an interception, and that was his first play after coming back from the injury. So they lost the turnover battle, the penalty battle, and uh, the, the challenge Riders. battle, which is hard <laughs> to lose against Dickinson. <laughs> the Riders played discipline, didn't turn the ball over. And they got a critical win. So mm-hmm. Craig Dickinson, he's like the cockroach. Like he's getting I, a new contract. I honestly think if they lost this one, at he's least a cockroach. In, he's a cockroach in mosaic. It's Joe's apartment. <laughs> and live forever. That is a deep cut. That there's gonna be like four people that get that reference. Now, does he need to split with Winnipeg? Like, is this a week to week thing with him? I. I don't know. I still hate him. <laughs> the riders are five hundred five. Like I know. We should just be give him another one year deal. And let's call for his head after every week, and it's obviously working. <laughs> it's like as soon as the pressure is really cranked up, then they take a time count. Yeah, <laughs> and he was on a hot mic. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, that time count that the riders took, like I said, and that was before the holding penalty. Like, mm-hmm. if it could have been real bad. Yeah, it, the, the all of a sudden, then this is a completely different conversation. And I'm sure the post game show they were still calling for Dickinson to get oh, fired, yeah. but that some things will never change. Kolaros has a couple weeks, but the way Winnipeg looked against Calgary. All of a sudden, Labor Day's in play, baby. <laughs> I love it how you set yourself up for just such know, a fantastic fall. It's a, they did it to me though. Like I was, I went to, I watched the game at the bar. I'm thinking, ah, the Riders going to lose by probably a good twenty one. No, nope. get home early, beat the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> no, and all of a sudden, I'm looking to Labor Day. The Riders coming off the bye. Winnipeg is. Uh, home to Montreal here. Who know? And they do still get nine or ten days before Labor Day mm-hmm. in Regina. But man, <laughs> all of a sudden, it looks like the Riders have a puncher's chance Labor Day against the Bombers. Remember when we were certain that the Riders had no shot at even like I wouldn't say no shot at making the playoffs, but like hosting a playoff game was out of the question. Yeah. Well. What just happened to this West Division? Now it's in play again. What happened to this West Division? (laughs) The Riders play BC uh, again, September 29th. Wow. Can we talk about the schedule? (laughs) Your favorite thing. I I like it more than my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) Barely, though. Barely. Um, Toronto's bye weeks are done, and it's week 11. Yeah. It's not good. 
Like no, it just sets not. them up for injuries late in the year. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Like I, I was counting. Like, I was busy at work, so I was counting how many stadiums, <laughs> like how many teams in the CFL would be the primary tenant of their stadium. It's got to be all nine. Is it not? Especially during the summer. How long? And I honestly don't and know. If, if how not, long is an MLS? Uh, it might only be eight once the MLS fires up in Toronto. But like, and, there's no reason that we're on week eleven and Toronto's had three buys already, and every and, like it makes no sense. No, you're right. Like, there is no reason. Hey, you had a buy week one this year, so Toronto next year your buy is now week two. Yeah. Like it, it's a nineteen league. Rotate it through the teams. Well, you got to figure this out because this is it's really not fair. I'm looking at uh, what's happening at BMO Field. It is uh, there's TFC going on. They kind of alternate. Toronto yeah. plays Calgary uh, coming up this week, and then TFC has Philadelphia, and then Toronto plays Montreal, and then. TFC plays Vancouver. They kind of rotate. And then the Canada women's national soccer team plays Jamaica 2024 Olympic qualification. And then TFC. Why do they have to qualify for the Olympics? They won the gold medal. But honestly, if I look at the schedule, it's not that busy, really. No. Uh, I I don't get it. And the schedule's dumb anyway. Yeah. Yeah. and it, by the it's way, too bad I missed that Randy Ambrosi <laughs> It does look like uh, the Argos are moving tickets too for the Stamps mm-hmm. game coming up this weekend. So good for the Argos. Hopefully, they well, keep it is up. Calgary East. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, they keep up uh, that momentum there. But you're right. It's not like uh, a Madison Square Garden or even a Scotiabank Arena schedule. Where there's stuff where Bon Jovi is basically a residency in yeah. Toronto. Yeah, exactly. What a dumb banner. Like I love Bon Jovi, don't get me wrong. What a stupid banner. <laughs> they they wanted well, their I mean, own when, Billy Joel, when, right? When you haven't been able to raise a banner of your own in yeah. fifty or no, sixty, eighty years. Well it's no, like should the should the years. Flames put up a Rod Stewart banner? I guess he's played the most shows at the Saddle Dome. There's some uh trivia for you. What, George Canyon doesn't count for the anthem? <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're right. I uh, unless the the turf monsters they need so much time in between games to make it look pretty, I, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, maybe that's just, what it is. Then play more games on the road. <laughs> start like to start the year or well no play more games at home to start the year yeah and you can play a little and then you can do your alternate thing and give and it gives the turf a little bit of a break but like yeah i, I don't get it Alexander. And now they're gonna go they're what eight games so they gotta go they gotta go 10 straight weeks yeah and stay yeah. healthy that's but I mean, and they'll get a bye in round one yeah so they got that that might help <laughs> that might help uh, Vernon Adams Jr., he had 30.6 points in fantasy. Alexander Hollins, 161 yards, uh, had a touchdown. Keon Hatcher, 94 yards in a touchdown. Lucky Whitehead, 122 yards in a touchdown. So the Lions I moved we were the done ball. With this game. <laughs> they moved the ball. Yep. Uh, Jake Dolagella had uh, 24.3 fantasy points and Sam Amelis, 23.6. Now, the leaders for the week. I feel like it was a wacky week. What were we looking at? Oh, my at? God. Well, before we get into, like, what 
the final tally was? Can we talk about the top five going into this game? Because I don't know what happened to this league. Uh, I texted it to the group chat because I I couldn't. I don't know what was going on. Um, Caleb Evans, Trey Ford, Tyrell Pregrom, Dustin Crum, and Taylor Powell were the top five coming into Sunday night. Wow. Like what? No starters from week one? Yeah. <laughs> and two of them play for the same team. Wow. But, yeah, Vernon Adams led the way 30.6. Caleb Evans, 28.2. Jake Dolagala, 24.3. Trey Ford, 21. Tyrell Pigrom was the top, in top 15. Beat out Dustin Crumb by 1.6 oh, quarterback-wise. Wow. Yeah, running backs, uh, James Butler, 23.6. Brady Olivera was second with 11.9. I mean, you keep, you keep Brady Olivera out of the end zone. Wow. He didn't get what 100 a yards. Week. What a wacky week. What did he end up with? He had 80 yards and 19 yep. yards on, on two catches. Like it's, yep. <laughs> and they still won. So yeah. uh, Jamal Morrow, 11 9. Kevin Brown, 10 5. William Stanback, 8 7. And then four receivers. Hollins and Hatcher, 31.1, 29.4. Touchdown tie, 28.8. Steven Dunbar, 25.3. Lucky Whitehead, 25.2. BC had three receivers in top five. And Sam Amelis, honorable mention, 21.6. Wow. This this league, man. There were six receivers (laughs) from Sunday's game in the top... Ten. Just when you think you have it figured out, man. Yeah. Sunday happens in the CFL. The Sunday games have been surprisingly good. They have been. There have been some good, good games going on here. And next Sunday, Elks and Red Blacks will the home streak <laughs> come to I an end? I think it does. I do too. I. Ooh, boy, Winnipeg and Montreal playing on Thursday, Toronto and Calgary on Friday, and then BC and Hamilton on Saturday. That's week 12 in the CFL. If Edmonton wins at home Uh-oh, on Sunday, say? then it's Trezis. Okay. Because there's just no way that they don't, <laughs> they don't win nine in a row if they win on Sunday. <laughs> Then the floodgates are open. Edmonton is saved. Uh, <laughs> Trey Ford's getting a statue. He's on the ring of honor already. Yep, exactly. Be, yeah. Yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out at your favorite podcatcher. You can check us out on YouTube and support the show on Patreon as well. I'll be back on Wednesday. Nothing in the mailbox? Probably Sheldon. No, there is nothing Pro- in the mailbox. Probably box. Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it might have a rain day. You never know. Okay. Okay. We never, never know. know. We'll, it is BC. We do need some rain, so let, let's get some of that going. Uh, ca. if you want to send something to the mailbag. And then uh, we'll be back getting you ready for week 12. This league, man. I love it. Nobody's out there. <laughs> Peace. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.